Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsession will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark out for a while. Hi, it's Jackie Cation. Welcome to the dark forest. This is a very special dork forest it was the live streaming one that went over laughster.com and uh there was it was a, a who's who of people who know about monster horror scary movies and it was done the night before halloween and we're in november now but what the heck right so uh enjoy this it's going to be great but let me do the credits first jackiecation.com dorkforest.com the dorkforest.com you can go to jackiecation.com or dorkforest.com to donate to the dork forest no sponsor this month so that there's that there's blessedly short that uh feel free to buy merch if you want t-shirts CDs whatnot um if you want to donate you get a you get a trinket a lot of patches but you'll get a a sticker or a magnet or both or whatever uh, I have sitting around. Very lovely. And if you order something, you always get a trinket in, in the package as well. But let's get right into it. We're talking monster movies, scary movies, spooky movies, and uh, three of my favorite uh, favorite guys. Welcome. Oh, no. God dang it. Hey, we were talking for two minutes. It was fascinating. You missed it. Jackie Cation here, the dark forest, sitting in my living room with Jane Edith Wilson. Hello. Friend since the late 90s. Hello and welcome back. I no longer feel like talking about <laughs> antique bears. <laughs> Again, we've missed out on a, on a window. No, I'll talk about antique bears. I'll do it. <laughs> you can't stop me. Can't, I can't stop you. The antique bear talk <laughs> is available at this time. So antique bears... The teddy bear created, uh, named after Teddy Roosevelt? Yes. And so were there bears before that? Were there Just anti- Google antique bear, like old timey bears. Just or something. Google it. Google it and you'll see some images and they're very cute. And they're, they're just like a little less, they look, they're, they don't have a, they all come in kind of like a one piece without the bobbling, like doweled head. Okay. Most of the time. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, they have cuter faces sometimes and, or like more kind of, they have a look in, just like I've assigned an emotional life to these bears. <laughs> they have a look. This is the place why, to do it. Why not? Um, they just have a look of sort of far awayness. I don't know, but there's a, you know, yeah. I don't know. They just look sort of more simpler and plainer. And the build a bear kind of just feel a little too corporate. The yeah. The mine of, of beardom. And I like a worn out animal, like a little worn out animal like that. And I also like antique dolls that are like rag dolls, not like antique China dolls so much, unless their little faces are cracked. Those are kind of fascinating to me. But, um, like I had this doll growing up that my, yeah. my mother had given to me that was made for her when she was born in 1934. Wow. And she called, um, this is hilarious to me. I don't know why it's so funny to me. She called this doll baby. Okay. And, um, uh, and she called everybody baby when she was a little girl, like her sister to the point where her sister was like, you cannot speak to me anymore because her sister was six years older than her. And she would be walking down the street and my mom would peek out the window and go, hey, baby, what's up, baby? You know, and uh, her sister was like, leave me alone. Right. But So she named this doll baby. And then I called it baby, too. And it was this rag doll that her sister sewed for her okay. as a present, like, hello, welcome to the house. Yeah, yeah. Geraldine, which is my mom's name. And then. Right. um so my mom gave it to me and she wore this like saddest little blue gingham, like shorty outfit. And, yeah. um, and I carried that baby with me everywhere till I was like maybe 12 years old. Oh yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing. You got to I'm going to actually rise and go get uh, a couple of items. Bear back. Uh oh. All right. She's actually left the room. That wasn't a Foley. 
thing that happened there, you know, of her pretending in the. Is this something? <gasps> there you go. Oh my God. This is the, Andy's teddy bear. Oh my God. I love that bear so much. I might have to take a picture of this bear right, that right? she's. It seems to be all fuzzy on the back because I don't yeah, know what. That's it, okay. The more dilapidated the bear is, the better. And then he can be, take a picture of him and then it can be printed out from my Xerox and then decoupaged onto. That's like the basis <laughs> for my collages. And then I put some knit item, like some decoupage knit on top of it along with other original like acrylic painting or um okay watercolors they i know it sounds very odd but when you put them all together it's very beautiful and haunting yeah yeah and i would i would like to have you posted photos on your facebook you know it's funny i i did when Is i first art? started doing yes. them and then um you know like everything single craft i have that people enjoy it starts off with me giving them all away right like i start off going oh you know I've well, always, you like that? Have yes, this. yes, exactly. And then with my knitting, it became so ubiquitous. It took over the house. Like I was just constantly knitting and making shawls and making these um, <laughs> tunics and stuff yeah. that I've got an Etsy account. And I started, this is, this will be hilarious. This might even segue into our next segment. I, I had an Etsy account, um, and I was selling a lot of my knit goods on Etsy. Sure. Which was creeping me out more and more the more I was on it because I don't know if you're aware of this, but Etsy became very corporatized. It became, oh, did so, it? yes, there's lots of foreign money in it and, you know, like, somebody up, bought it? Well, no, it's just like people, like big corporations, like kind of make themselves look like they're mom and pop uh-huh. stores, but it's just like, uh, you know, everything's coming from Singapore and China and it's right. just like not crafty made in America stuff anymore. So I, I just heard about Etsy. I didn't know what it was. And you can still find a lot of great stuff on there. But it's, um, anybody can have a store, right? Yes. Anybody can have a store and, and it's E-T-S-Y? E-T-S-Y. Okay. And, um, and you know, and it's a really cool way to sell if you make homemade stuff. Um, and they don't take that much of a percentage and you can, you know, and you but can find like cookies and stuff. You not, can buy cookies. You can you buy, do, you can buy food on there. Okay. You can buy, um, facial, like, uh, uh, you know, organic products. Like creams? And creams and, and bath products. Make their own bee, yes. Beeswax or? Yes. Oh, can. Yeah. You can, I mean, there's pretty much anything that you can make homemade. You can buy on Etsy. <laughs> cool. Um, but my Etsy account, um, I was flagged and sort of shut down for a while because I did a thing drama where I, this is way before I made the crazy film I made that we'll talk about in a while called Janine from Des Moines. Right. But before I, that kind of was a precursor to that. I did a thing where I posed as another person on the Glenn Beck fan page on Facebook okay. as a, a, another tea party person. And then I did a piece about it. Like yeah. a, I did it for a month or I tried to do it for a month. I mean, it wore me yeah. out. It was horrible. And there was lots of racism and craziness going on. And yeah. then I posted the piece and David Feldman put it up and it kind of got out there a little bit. And the next thing I knew, I had all these Tea Party Patriots coming after me and they found out because of my Twitter page that I had an Etsy account. And then they went on my Etsy account and were swearing their brains out. So Etsy shut me down. Oh, my God. And that's when my politics got me was my little crafty site on Etsy got shut down. Bastards. I know. It seems like an awful long way to go. This is a classic troll thing where you're just like, seriously. And and yet you know that you're at work right now. Uh trolling and and ruining somebody's youtube page or etsy account for no other reason because you don't like their politics or you don't like them and two things that have happened on twitter that have shocked me is the shutting down of my etsy account because (laughs) of your disagreeing with my politics and the finding uh pictures of me and my child and putting them on on twitter and telling me you're going to come to my house and give me the beat down because of my political account those are two areas you can go ahead and i mean trust me I already know what an old, pale, ugly, 
hag, oh. C-word I am on Twitter, like uh, nobody's business, which is fine because that's... It sounds, you know, the, 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 the name calling is, I mean, is horrible. And you're just like, did you want me to order the salad? Because that's all you've made me do <laughs> by calling me a fat old cunt. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> I've ordered the salad. I hope it all works out for you. I'm like, crazy you YouTube lady. Yes, exactly. But <laughs> yeah, it is kind of interesting. Like I, I, I find it like, you know, of course, you know, thuggy guys in their 20s who really love, you know, some Tea Party Patriot guy like Ted Nugent or something. I'm prepared for them to call me a cunt. Yes. But when a woman my age calls right, me an old, fat, form. ugly cunt, I'm just like, Hey, 42-year-old lady in the middle of nowhere as well. Who's, who are, says she loves being a Christian grandma, you know, or something, <laughs> and, then call, and then calls me a cunt. I'm just like... <laughs> I'm sorry. There's some. There's a disconnect. I don't think you're... Yeah, you really got to... I mean, I just wish everyone would just, why, why so mean? Why, why? Just don't, don't follow me. Yeah. Don't, you don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, I, seriously. I'm easy to avoid. I'm not that popular. So, you know, <laughs> I, I was, who was I? Andy actually made me mad the other night because, and it wasn't him. It was right before bed. He chose to tell me something about Nixon. And I was like, now I'm going to have nightmares because I hate Nixon with the power of the sun. And he's like, well, wait, because he didn't study political science in college. He studied art. So if I, no doubt, if I brought up, I don't know, some sort of art he hates, uh, <laughs> it would make your controversial take on Degas right before bedtime. <laughs> right. It would drive him mad. So I'm just like, I can't really talk about this right now. And he's like, oh, okay, uh, calm yourself. And so I was just like, I can't. What I decided many years ago was that I wasn't going to go into politics is that I, that I had studied politics for so long that I wasn't going to do it. All I was going to do is I was trying to be nice one on one. You are very nice about politics and unniceness in politics makes you very uncomfortable. That's it's something just, I've noticed about you. For somebody who's a poli sci major, I'm always want to drag you into it a little bit more. <laughs> And you oh, kind of you go, and Liz Winstead, man, and she's like, Polly Sai, really? You don't know who this person is? I'm like, no, no, I've been blocking that person in my brain because I can't, like, come back. I know that he's a bad guy and he's not very bright and he seems to cry a lot, according to The Daily Show. But other than that, he just seems mean and and may not believe anything he says. For me, it was more of a fascination, less with him because he's a huckster. To right. me, he's a he's a character out of oh, a okay. cartoon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he is following the money basically. Right, right. right. Like Ann Coulter guy. is. Ann okay. Coulter, whatever go, makes it go kaching, she will say it or do it. Right. She's, she's sending all of her money to Barbados. It's fine. Yeah, she doesn't care. Like, <laughs> right. but I'm more fascinated with the cult of him and who follows him and who gets oh, behind right. him. To me, that is more fascinating to me. Right. And oddly enough, I can, I can guarantee you something. Yes. This, this is a funny small, small, small aside. aside. <laughs> but when Nixon resigned, you and I were both living in Milwaukee at that point. Oh, hello. And my mm -hmm. parents threw a block party to celebrate. Excellent. Um, but you were in South Milwaukee and I was uh, over on the, on the east, east side. side rebuilding some house. Yes. <laughs> with found items. Exactly. <laughs> That's the way crafting. we operated. Yes. Back to crafting. And I know how to refinish a floor and. Do you know how to uh, finish hanging a door? Because uh, we have a door that needs finishing. Andy knows how to do it. He's just, he's just waiting. He's waiting for I don't anything know anything that was something a ten-year-old girl could not possibly do by themselves is something I don't know how to do. Oh, fair enough. However, you would be surprised at what my parents could cook up for a ten-year-old girl to do. I mean, at one point. They had us in front of our house with pickaxes taking apart an entire walkway. Oh, there you go. And just sort of 
like jackhammering pickaxes? Yeah, like, we, yeah, rip, rip, yeah, rip yeah like concrete? we're like we're on a chain gang. Yeah, basically. <laughs> At, I was ten, my brother was eight, and I look back on that. My son is now eleven. I can't imagine giving him a pickaxe and sending him out onto a sidewalk and saying, "How You're about gonna- lawnmower? Could you hand him a lawnmower?" Hmm. Yeah, one of those like not a riding one or anything, but no, no, you know, like like, a, like an, an, an he probably has never used one, but he could probably do it. He could probably do it. He knows what he's eleven. Yes, and he's also a kid who loves an assignment. He oh, loves a task. He enjoys a task. He does. <laughs> so there, good. Mm-hmm. So he would he would like that. That would be so. Yeah, I think. Um, I like the idea. Okay, so so it's it's so you knit the items that you put into the it, into the collage. You yes. paint the items that go into the collage, or I weave them. Like I'll do a weaving thing, or um, you know, a small knitting thing. Like I'll do you take have a, a weaving a weaver. Do I you don't have like a chunk. What do you got? Yeah, I will do this like where I kind of make my own loom. Sometimes yeah. I make a loom out of sticks. I'm crazy. <laughs> I have I, I have what? emotional problems, Jackie. <laughs> you gotta stop the voices somehow. I'm not saying you shouldn't. I say do whatever you gotta do. I grew up in a family full of fine artists. My mother is an amazing fine artist. My sister is an amazing painter. My brother even is like an amazing drawer and incredible photographer. Um, and I am a crafty person. Right, right. And I like things. So how do you make a loom? Um, basically, sometimes I'll I'll use um. One of those like kitty looms that you know you use for like with the stretchy material, but I will but use. You can get at Michaels. I've seen they're yes. plastic or something, uh-huh. right? And okay. I'll get like a larger one. Yep. And I'll use fabrics like my mother has these old. My mother was an interior decorator for many years, and she has these beautiful high end fabrics. Okay. And sometimes I will chop them up mm-hmm. into very skinny strips and loom them myself, so they're kind of bizarro like, and really colorful and beautiful oh, to me. Yeah, you no know, no, like cross patterns. Yes. You'll 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 weave them in, weave in them. and and make them into it. Okay. And then I'll decoupage them onto a painting. Decoupage being some sort of shellacking? Yes, I'll business? shellac them okay. onto like a canvas and what then What is that? What is, what is the glue that is used for that? Mod Podge. It's called Mod Podge? Mhm. I remember the word Mod Podge from 1974. Yes. Uh, because decoupage. That's where I'm trapped is in 1974. <laughs> it was a good year. With my design aesthetic. And I mean, if I could wear only clothes from 1974, that were a little pajama like, I would be happy. As we get older, we can wear whatever we want. You know uh, what our plan is. You know what our plan is. What is your plan? This is what I said to my husband. I said, you better get ready for it. Because, <laughs> because it's coming. Because this is the plan. Bigger and big because my eyes are going so bigger and bigger glasses. I'm going to be one of those people with the big glasses, not only Edna sunglasses but mode. Re- <laughs> You're going to do it? Yeah, white hair. I can't wait because my hair is very white right now, and my mm-hmm. commercial mm-hmm. agents are like, "You may not have white hair yet, but w- within the next ten years, the white hair." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the white hair, kind of shortish, mm-hmm. the big glasses, caftans, big chunky jewelry. <laughs> okay, so Caft- I said this to my husband. Coming. I said to my husband, "This is what's coming." Mm-hmm. Not only is he not scared, he smiles at this. Mm-hmm. And then without skipping a beat, he points to his own head and goes, Captain's hat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. The two of you. The two of you. We're going to be kick-ass old people. Those, that is the greatest looking uh, – because uh, if you've never seen Gary Lucy, ladies and gentlemen, uh, stand-up comic, comedy writer, a uh, very funny man, uh, he is um, not tall. He is probably 5'7". Five, 5'9". Five, five, nine. Five, nine, five, that's what Andy is. But he's very cute. so He's, he's adorable. And a captain's hat will perch upon his noggin in a way that makes you think of Thurston Howell. Yes. And uh, it will be... And she wore captains. 
They were the best old people. We, we will look a little bit like Thurston and Lovey making yeah. our way about. Can he please call you Lovey? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he would like to call you Lovey. He's an adorable man. Yes. And uh, uh, so, wow. Okay, so, because I remember we never got, I got to shellac once when I was a kid. Once. Oh, uh, the injustice. Turns out it was fine. But uh, when I, because re- I never wanted a shellac, I wanted to do string art. But I wanted to do wire art. Oh, yeah. Which I was told was so much harder than string art because wire being that much tougher. And I said... I can't imagine it. It was essentially the si- the thing that is a... It, gl- it was a ship. And the sails were done in wire string art. Oh. And I was like, the sails are... St- oh, it's the coolest thing in the world. And I was like, I want to sail around the world in that, even though the wind could never catch it. <laughs> because it is wire, Jackie. <laughs> Don't be ridiculous. Have you done any string art or, or The wire? only time I ever did string art was my character in that film, American Zombie. Right. That I did Which a few years Andy ago. Andy saw and I never got to see, but it was a, it was just a little slice of life of the American Zombie. Exactly. It's That's like, it it's told, it's actually the woman who directed Janine. That's how right. we met each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and my character was obsessed with string art and she made a lot of it. And because I am, <laughs> Not only because I'm, I love to be sort of like one of those actress actresses that does stuff that my character does. Is that method? It's a little method Okay. But on top of it, the yeah. props department and Grace were, you know, needed some manpower to help make my apartment look realistic. So I actually went when they were doing it and I learned how to do string art and made a bunch of them. Oh, and cool. then I made them at home uh-huh. as presents for the, cause the crew is following my character. Right. And she has certain members of the crew that she thinks are going to help her and other ones that she thinks are against her. <laughs> so I would make this big production out of giving, giving the string art to Grace because my character was obsessed with where she'd come from because the storyline, you know, every zombie movie can have their own sort of Bible of sure, like and, what the history of zombieism yes. is. And our zombies in this film were highly functioning zombies, and we'd all woken up, we'd all woken up after dying, quote unquote, mm-hmm. n- but being undead with no memory of where we'd come from or what our past life had been. Oh. So my agenda with Grace and the film crew is they are going to figure out where I came from and help me get there. And of course, in the end, she feels very used because they don't help her do that at all. <laughs> but um, so she gets a little angry. A, a way, a way to reinvent yourself though. That's a zombie that that's really someone who wants to start over. Yeah. And, and it's, I remember when I went off to college. No. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> you know, you want to, so, okay. So you've done, um, so you, do you do that? Do you go to Michael's and buy like a kit and then modify it to your own needs and uses? No, I'm like somebody who I will, I got, I, I buy frames if I see them for sale at a yard sale. Like, I'm like on, uh, like picture frames that yes. are empty. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, um, and then I'll, if I can't find, um, some backing or some paper that fits in the frame, I'll go to Michael's and price it, but I'm, Really cheap. I like, I'm a big fan of, uh, found art, found art, found pieces for my art. And, um, and also it, to me, it's a green thing too. Oh like, yeah. You know, Michael's is full of a lot of crap, you know, that you could, sure. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, Michael's. I love you. Uh, <laughs> please do not ban Jamie. Don't go. Don't, don't, please don't. <laughs> I might need a pipe cleaner. Some like the, the, I have to say when I go into a Michael's, the blood starts coursing through my veins a little faster. I'm one of those people that like, Thank God there is a certain part of me that if, if we are flush, if, you know, like I've gotten a commercial and some, a big th- thing of money will come in. I know not to go there because I have a problem with Michaels. I don't have a problem with clothes. I don't mm-hmm, have a problem mm-hmm. with jewelry. Uh, right. You're not going to get a watch. Shoes. I'm not one of those going. shoes people. Sure. Gary has more shoes than I do. Right. But, right. But Michael, I have a big problem there because I do think, you know, 
Mm-hmm. Everything just looks glorious. And every kit looks fantastic and fun. Right, you know? It could be fun. But it's- I'm kind of trying to teach Preston too, my son, uh, uh, to yeah. make stuff from what you have rather yeah. than buying a bunch of junk. And he's really good about that. I well, mean, Andy found uh, one of our neighbors has uh, – he likes to put his kids in tiny electric cars <sighs> and give them scooters. And, and so Andy found the – Either the motor went out. No, I think the the steering wheel broke off of this tiny race car, and they put it in the in the in the alley to get thrown out. They put two there, and Andy's only taken one. Uh, and he's like, "No, I I think I can fix the engine, and then maybe I can glue the." And I was like, "Even if you can't." When I was a kid, and he finds this very sad, but I don't think this is sad. This is me finding joy in everything. If I would have found that, I would have sat in it like a horse in front of the the Kmart and just played. Speed car in it. I wouldn't oh, have yeah. needed it to run. It's. I would have been like zoom, 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 and it would have been fine. And uh, but he, um, but yeah, you could. Gl- I, he said I, he doesn't. He would have to replace the the camshaft. There's a lot of words involved uh, for the car. <laughs> Isn't it funny when you're a kid? Like, you, you know, I, I I have to squelch the side of my myself that wants to stop Preston from doing exactly the same things I did when I was little. Like if, yeah. he, if a screen could come down and he could just see footage of me acting like a maniac when I was little, he'd be like with his arms crossed staring at me like, how dare you? How dare you shut me down? Because I was a complete total daredevil all the time. But the other right. thing is like filth and disgust and stuff like that. Like we moved into a house that had a filthy dog house in the back of it. Right. That, that you my, crawled into? We Oh, we crawled into it. We wanted to sleep in it overnight. You know, nothing could stop us. Nothing could keep us out of that. <laughs> you know what I mean? And my mother, my mother was like, get out of that dog house. Like every single day she'd look out the window and see us like <laughs> crawling in and out of it, you know, and nothing could keep the us. The hilarity of the dog house. That does sound really fun. Oh, no. Snoopy. How we, Snoopy. We lie on it. With right. Our, you know, like. Did you guys have a dog? No. See, we never had a dog either. If the, if there had been a doghouse that I could have pretended we had a dog by going in it, that's what I would have done. And uh, Snoopy and all of it. It's all good times. Yeah. And you know what? You're building an immune system as a child. Exactly. And uh, exactly. that's what you're doing. And I'm in, and I lighten up a lot now where I'm like, where I have this instinct to stop him, you know? Right. And, and sometimes the only way you're ever going to learn is by mistake. I mean, I had this thing where I hugged any animal across my path. Like mm-hmm. I would like drop to the ground and just be like, hello, you right. know, straight scratched or yeah. get bit or just, something. and I got a horrible ringworm that took over my entire arm from sm- snuggling cats on the street, you know? <laughs> and like I was, my mother was like, stop. she still has all arms. Not stop snuggling cats, Jane, you know, <laughs> stop it. And I was like, I, okay, I will. And then I'd leave the house and like turn the Next corner, minute, start there it is. snuggling a cat. And I remember like I was, so like, oh, I have a disease on my arm from the cats, I'm you know, pretty sure. and so I kept it to myself and kept it to myself till finally my mother like saw me getting out of the shower when I was 10 and was like almost passed out with like horror. Yeah. You know, what's yeah. Mm, I yeah. got uh, one of the dogs in my neighborhood uh, bit me. Oh, wait, he didn't. This is a terrible story. Oh, no. I am not the hero of the story. This is a dog that I tried to befriend three times and three times it uh, and you had him whacked. He got whacked. He got whacked, but only, he'd only bit me twice. And the third time, my sister had bit me. And I didn't want to narc on my sister, so I said the dog bit me. And then oh. they killed it. So, uh, Jackie Cation, not the hero of that story. Oh, boy. Uh, but my uh. sister uh, bit me on the boob. Because uh, uh, here's the thing. Uh, I, I would force fights upon my sister, and she didn't want to fight. She didn't want to fight. She didn't want to fight. And then I would accidentally get a good one in, and she'd be like, 
well, I'm now going to beat you up oh because my. you forced this fight upon me. And she bit me, uh, and she, I don't know where, I must have had her in a headlock or something, so she bit me in the boot. Of course, the image I have in your head is of you fighting like this right now. You know, <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I'm like, no, I'm Jane. She's talking about childhood. She's I was 11, Darla was 13. Yes. <laughs> It was last month. It was exactly. In Minneapolis. We're both in we, our 40s. We couldn't we could control ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Completely ridiculous. Yes. And, uh, but yeah, it was, um, yeah, I love animals. <laughs> Why wouldn't you crawl around? And there was no, the, the, cause I remember when I was a kid, you could, you could have fun with a stick and you could, and, and, and kids still can. I mean, I'm not saying I saw some kids playing. They were so loud. And again, late forties, not always tolerant. And we were in an airport. And so as they were walking by, I said to the kids, quit having fun. And um, one of them, their mom said, that lady just told me to quit having fun. And she looked at me and she goes, no, no, I think she's on the phone. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and that lady bit you on the boob and right that there. Lady knocked me down and, and, and bit you on the boob. And, and on then the you boob had her put down. <laughs> why? Why, now, Jackie? Exactly. She's in a collage in my bedroom. And, uh, so, so now, We've okay. Come full circle. So I've had a do you, um, I've had Diva Zappa on talking about just knitting. Yes. And now you've been knitting forever. I have a lovely scarf that you knit for me many years ago. I actually got into the knitting game kind of late. And then I went into it with like a vengeance. Two feet. Two feet. Full full cannonball. I got invited to, you'll love this. I got invited to this thing called Crafternoon. That are my old neighborhood. Why has this taken 23 (laughs) minutes for you to tell? Crafternoon? My, my, my neighbor in my old neighborhood, Jen Klein, <laughs> shout out to her. God she came her. up with that and we would all get together and do our crafting. And that's when I was totally into sewing. I was into like, you know, making patchwork things. I made patchwork skirts and bags and all this crap and shawls. And, um, they were like, we're going to call it a special craft noon, knitter noon. And we have a woman coming by <laughs> who's going to teach us all how to knit. And I don't know why I was so resistant to it. I had an idea in my head that I couldn't be taught knitting. Interesting. Because I think of it as like intricate and, and it is intricate and you do have to follow a pattern if you want to make something like a sweater. Okay. Um, like if you want to make a sweater on just, on just the needles without, see what I do now is I will take knit pieces and sew them together to make what I want if I want something beyond just a shawl. Wait, is that, is that like you're knitting rectangles? Yes. Okay, because that's all Diva Zappa does. She says she knits rectangles and then she knits them together or yes. sews them together or something. Yes. Like she makes a lot of hats and I cannot make, I, I, I think I. No, all she does is make a rectangle and then make it into a circle and close it up. Okay. I tried doing that and it looked like something that like a gnome would wear. Uh, you're looked, not Diva Zappa who can just go, I'm an artiste. Uh, My father was Frank Zappa. Yes. And uh, so, cause I was, she like, has a lot of more leeway than I do. I, she, maybe she has more leeway than, or she owns it. Cause I was like, well, what happens if you, cause I know that a big thing in knitting is when you drop a stitch. I don't even know what that means. It's been explained to me no less than three times. Please explain it to me again. That's when you are kind of scooting along and you space off and the next basically loop that you're supposed to go to through, you skip it and you go to the next one by mistake. Okay. And then there's this drop stitch in the middle of your pattern and you, and you can unravel your entire thing with a drop stitch. So the best thing to do is some people will take it all out and start again from the, where the drop stitch is. Yeah. I will just do this thing where I 
kind of patch it a little. I like that. That's because that I'm a very crafty knitter though. Right. You, I mean, like my friend, you and know, Kitty Shannon. I don't. Tishon Shannon's wife. Okay. I mean, she's one of those people like, she's like the rest Wants of my family. She does everything beautifully. Okay. So she will do, teach herself how to do patterns and make incredible sweaters and make these beautiful, like, just incredible. Yeah. I mean, I, I can make a pair of socks. Ice sculpture? Yeah. I, there's a, one of Andy's friends. I, I Whenever she makes anything, I was like, are you doing ice sculpture yet? Because she's so good at everything she does. And yeah. it's and it's everything she does, whatever it is. She made sugar skulls Oh wow! for Halloween a couple of years ago. And you're like, what? What's happening? And it was a cake. The, and the sugar skulls were the base of the cake. Wow. And I was like, who are you? I know. It's Some so people much- are very – like – I like to make wedding cakes for people. It's like something that's fun yeah. for me to do, but they're never going to look like they look they're on the market. Taste amazing. The, yes, I yes. like the. That's to what me. I need. Up high. Thank yes. you. Right. Yes. Yes. To me, when it comes to baked goods, I don't care if they look nice. I just care that they taste really good. Yeah. But some people are can do both. Yes. And I'm and in awe of them. Yeah, I am in awe of them too. It is beautiful. But I would. But I think that those people are rare, and that if you go for the look over the taste. In an effort to get to that place, I don't know that you ever get to that place, and then I don't want to eat your food. That's like fun, fondant, you know that that's oh, that, that fondant. Who cares? Here's the thing: when I made wedding cake for our friends Robin and Mary, right, they wanted that sheen, that beautiful look of a fondant thing, right. And there was two They're things. They're very tidy people. Yes. They they like a look. Yes, and there was two things standing in the way of me wanting to give them that cake. <laughs> okay, first of all. Um, that kind of fondant, that stretchy kind of fondant is made with egg white and they were getting middle, made, uh, married in the middle of August, and, which made me very nervous. Right. So I looked up on MarthaStewart.com, mm-hmm. no less, um, and found a rolled fondant that's made with confectioner sugar that's like cooked out okay. and, um, and rolled together. out. And it's, to me, it's like it has no egg elements. So I'm less nervous about people getting food poisoning from a wedding cake. And, um, but it also has that beautiful rolled out sheen. I mean, it's a lot, it's a ton of work right. to cook it down and with corn syrup and make it look really beautiful, wow. freeze it, roll mm-hmm. it out, freeze it, roll it out. And you have these beautiful sheets. And that's how I made it. Right. Um, but aside from that, because it's made with white chocolate that's Ooh. dyed and stuff like that, it's also tastier. Like that oh, stretchy yeah, yeah. egg-based fondant, people just sort of shove it aside. I, uh, my feeling is, if you're going to have a wedding cake, just go for buttercream. Right. Um. Yeah. I don't know. We had a friend make ours. My friend Tammy Suchek made it, and then we forgot to cut it. But the one that we gave away was a Costco, and it was the same kind. It was a chocolate raspberry uh, with a buttercream frosting. I think. I think what uh, cake is not my downfall. Uh, I don't know. I love about that. Cakes. I love that phrase. <laughs> but I like the idea of a good cake. Yeah. And um, and it it tasted excellent. And and her cake was amazing and very pretty as well because she did rosettes and yeah. you know anybody who could do that kind of stuff. I'm 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 definitely I'm like yeah that's that's neat. But it's so I think it's so hard to so okay so back to the knitting mm-hmm. so uh yeah so and then I did uh, I did an episode with Janine Garofalo. Uh, uh, who Hilarious beads. beads. Oh, really? And constantly undoing, redoing beads. As oh, interesting. As opposed to Diva Zappa and yourself, who are just like, this is part of the beauty, the beautiful art, where we just sort of fix a little bit, and then now you have a hat. Yeah. And uh, and for some reason, I think she said that she tends to start beads at like midnight and work till eight in the morning. Uh, Jenny Garofalo, bit of a chain smoker, so uh, <laughs> different human being entirely. But she likes beads. That's really. Do you bead? That, you know what I. Don't understand how to do it. 
Like I know, I know to do it in a way that where it looks really beautiful. Yeah. You have to learn things like soldering and, oh, you know, I, I jewelry making is, is, is a little bit of a, an art form I've never really delved into. I went through a phase where I used beads to, um, accentuate both knit things and hand sewn things that I've made. Okay. But beading is very hard. That's like, that's really intricate work and you really have to, you know, Jude Shelton is a bead person. Oh, is she? Although Jude is one of those people, once again, who does things really well. Yes. Nothing ever looks crummy when she does it. No, no. And, and I think she's an undoer, redoer kind oh. of thing. She's like, we got to make it look nice. Perfectionistic. It's Jude very Shelton. interesting. I would be, I mean, how many of us that are, are, kind of in the funny, creative, performing realm that do crafts, who's like sort of crafty and, ah, this is fine. And who's like, I love the idea. I guess I would, my assumption about Janine Garofalo would be that she would be somebody who'd go, ah, let it go, whatever. But she's meticulously taking it apart, putting it back together. Right. That fascinates me. You know, Maria Bamford said that uh, her new boyfriend, that they got together and he was over at the house and he was like, oh, damn it. I thought you were going to be tidy. I'm I'm a mess. And she's like, "Well, you're out of luck because I am also a mess." And uh <laughs> and don't you find in a in your love your marriage yeah. that uh that balancing off of each other in that department is really crucial because I think two tidy people living together is not a great idea. You kind of cancel each other out and sort of it's a one <laughs> It's a waste. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and two Utter slobs living together. Ugh. That's also like, you know. Oh, there's trouble. Yeah. I mean, you might, it's, it's just like the bar fly of, uh, you know, like of, of, of taking care of your house. But, um, I think Gary and I balance each other out really well because I like to clean stuff. Like yeah. I want things disinfected and clean. Deep clean. You're deep yes. cleaner. Okay. And he knows how to get rid of clutter. Oh, there, see, I'm the anti clutter. Andy's the deep clean. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I, cause the thing is, is when Andy cleans something, it has been cleaned within an inch of its life. Uh, he doesn't do it all the time. I want, uh, you know, of course I would like him to do it more often. I'd like me to do it more often. But, um, but when he does, when it, he, he's up high, he's down low, he's moving things. And I'm like, Oh, you're moving that. Oh, good. That'll be great. And uh, he's looking up. Uh, <laughs> I'm just stacking things and I'm putting things away and I'm dusting as I go, but that's about it. So yeah, see, I'm the- pile of clothes on my bed. Yeah. Pile of papers. In several places of the house. Yeah. But underneath all those piles is clean. Is disinfectantly clean. <laughs> yes. But <laughs> Gary nice. will go, I can't take these clutter, this clutter anymore. And the best thing that ever happens is every once in a while we'll go, let's have some people over so we clean this place. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. like terror of judgment <laughs> is what, what <laughs> we're doing. A, I'm doing a live streaming one tomorrow night in this room. Uh, I have no idea. Supposedly there's a camera crew. Coming. Oh boy. I have no idea it where. It looks pretty good though, I have to say. It's, yeah, that's, it's tidy. It is not clean. It's, I mean, it, it could use whatever. Uh, what if I just like said right now, like, <laughs> like, you guys, there's vermin running through here. Like I just like lied about how your house is. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but Jackie lives in squalor. Yeah. There's just like a bed sheet over the door. It's really crazy. You know, People I, are coming in and out. I do refer to it as, I said, I cannot, we cannot live in squalor anymore. And he's like, Wow, do we not live in squalor? Yeah. Um, but you can come see, uh, we have a, we have a rusted out truck in our backyard, like, uh, like South Milwaukee, Wisconsin is kind of life. <laughs> it's a beautiful 1947, uh, circus truck. Where'd you get that? Uh, it's were you in the circus? circus? We were in the circus. We are not circus people. <laughs> That's what we always say to each other when, right. when we're like running low on cash and, you know, <laughs> and all our, the rest of our friends are grown ups. We're like, we're circus people. <laughs> we always say that to each other. Exactly. Crawl into your trunk for bed, honey. <laughs> so yeah, it's, um, 
No, it's it's some sort of um. He was it was going to be a project for his retirement, right? Mm-hmm. His his Andy's cousin Robert, but his life got very um very difficult all of a sudden, and so he's had to move to Colorado, and he's left uh this very cool, very rusty uh circus truck in our backyard. So if anyone needs a a, a truck without an engine, uh, to be in their backyard, um, you could probably sell it to a prop house. You know that. Well, that's what Chris Mancini says, but uh, I, I, yeah, we'll talk. About I don't that. like that Chris Mancini and I are thinking the same way about anything. I'm just joking. <laughs> well, I love Chris Mancini. <laughs> Chris Mancini. Can you imagine if I just there. had this? Like, oh no, it's what's it would be my life so come weird. to? Because <laughs> Chris Mancini's. I know he's just such a sweetheart. He's just the guy. I know exactly. Can you imagine? I just like ran out of here. Your fury. Oh my god. I don't know if you understand this, <laughs> but him and his bob have driven me mad for years. <laughs> he's got a, sort of a shoulder length bob. Remember, he used to have long hair. Did he? Mm-hmm. Super long. I, I, that was his thing. That was his trademark. It was his trademark mm-hmm. thing, the Chris Mancini. Comedy film nerds, that's what we're talking about. Graham Elwood, Chris Mancini. Comedyfilmnerds.com. I, uh, I, they had a book. I wrote a couple of chapters. Whatever. Hey, so Janine, uh, Janine from Des Moines. From Des Moines was the movie you put out right before the last election. Mm-hmm. And you had gone to all the different Iowa caucuses. Cause you're, you lived in Iowa. You're from Iowa. I'm from Iowa originally. And, uh, Grace Lee, the director of this film, who I had worked with on American Zombie, approached me about making this film. We wanted to get further into the mentality of a person who is in the conservative Christian Tea Party faction of the Republican. That very faction, that yes. very narrow slice of, yes. of Americana. Which takes over, has now taken over the Iowa caucuses as far as the Republicans are they concerned. They show up. They you show do. up in numbers. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, uh, so for about a year, we were in Iowa on and off. I would fly there and sort of assume a false identity. Mm-hmm. I dyed my hair brown and I wore glasses and, um, and I would, and I joined a mega church there and, and started working in the summertime before the Iowa caucuses. I was working for Michelle Bachman's campaign. And wow. then it was pretty crazy. And wow, then, that is, that is dipped. Yeah. And then as the fall wore on and we went into the, and what we wanted to do is we sort of had a storyline with Janine is over the course of this year leading up to the caucuses, everything in her life that mattered to her was being challenged and sort of going away. Mm-hmm. Her marriage fell apart. She lost her job. She lost her health care. And she, by the time the Iowa caucuses actually happened in uh, Jan- early January of 2012, she um, was very ill. My okay. character was. Right. And so she was confronting all the candidates at all these last events that they were having right the days leading up to the caucuses. With all of that information. Yes. And seeing if they had any... Like, it, what, what would they say to a person like that? A person who genuinely exists. Yes. Yeah. And, at um, least once. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably 100,000. Yes, exactly. And we, and I, and those I, are people of faith and mm-hmm. people of, of hardworking American, you know, normal people. Yeah. She was a nurse, uh, you know, a, 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 a home health care aide. And, um, you know, but because she worked through a temp agency that sent her out, she had no health care through them. And her husband right. got laid off and, you know, and then ended up their marriage fell apart and they had no health care at that point anyway. And she, you know, she loses right. everything in this film. Right. So even though on the surface of things, it sounds like a very Borat type movie, like a mock, people would call it mockumentary, but mm-hmm. we think of it as more of a hybrid film. And we really wanted to seriously tell this woman's story in a very actually loving way. Right. I don't think there's anything to my mind cartoony about the way it's played out. Or the the issues that we're taking on. In fact, uh, we because you played it straight, right? Very I mean, straight. Was, well, I was did it for an entire year. If I yeah. had like made a misstep, somebody would have figured it out, right? I think because mm-hmm. I was very 
public and I talked to a lot of people and it was interesting quite often I would, the press would catch me and cover me like I was a real person. Yep. And it was just a very interesting odyssey. Right. And, um, so if people are interested in seeing the film, yeah, you yeah. can, um, see it on iTunes right now. Okay. It's Janine is spelled J A N. It's spelled like Janine Garofalo, actually. Oh, there you go. Um, J A N E A N E. The reason right. I did that was because I quite often had to show my ID when I went places. Okay. And people would, and her name's Janine Wilson in the film. And so people would just accept the fact that Jane Edith Janine is fine. Go on in. Close enough. So, um, so it's Janine from Des Moines, and it's JanineMovie.com, and uh, you can follow it on Twitter. And um, oh, I always forget to say this: I'm Jane Edith Wilson on Twitter, right? Follow, and it links right to Janine from Des Moines for my Twitter page, right? Um, like I say, you can get it on iTunes, and starting in mid January, we'll be on a whole bunch of other platforms as well, like Netflix and Video on Demand, and so oh, good, so. oh, good. So that starts in the new year in January. That's yes. neat. And then American Zombie, which was a super fun. You made that a couple of years ago, and that's on Netflix, and that's on Netflix streaming. Uh huh. Oh, fun. And then we have. I'm trying to think. We're probably running out of time, aren't we? So no, no, we're no, good. Okay, okay good. But <clears throat> didn't you and Gary just uh, work with Cardwick? He produced his company, Nerdist produced. Um, this show where it's called Kids Court. Yes. And, and um, we produced it along with Stream and Garage and this guy named uh, Mike Rotman. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Everybody seems to know Mike Rotman. He's one of those guys that's got – He's he is, you know, James Brown, get out of the way. Here comes the hardest working man in show business. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not kidding you. Like, every time I turn a corner, somebody goes, oh, yeah, I worked with Mike Rotman on that. I worked with Mike Rotman. He's, How do you spell Rotman? Rotman. R-O-T-M-A-N. Okay, Mike and Rotman. He, yeah, and he's just... If you find him, ask him to get you a latte. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's not working hard enough. Yes, exactly. <laughs> He'll laugh at that. Um, he's just like... And he's a total... He's like totally my speed, just like Grace is my speed, the woman who directed Janine. I yeah. love these like worker bee people. Mm-hmm. Like he's one of those guys where you're just, you know, in tandem, getting the job done. He he knows how to hire a crew. He knows how to get shit done. It's great. That's so he he produced the the kids court with us. Yes. Okay. And um uh anyway, and the the premise of the show is Andy Kindler is okay. the judge. It's Judge Andy Kindler. <laughs> <laughs> right there. Uh, in hello, a, you had me at Andy Kindler. Yes. <laughs> okay. And how do you like the idea about uh there's some good grammar. How do you like that? <laughs> How do you like the idea of J. Elvis Weinstein playing a little puppet bailiff named Bernie? Oh my God! There's a puppet bailiff who who Josh Weinstein yeah. does the <laughs> does the voice Mystery for Mystery Science Theater 3000. Uh-huh. Yeah, so he's that, been on the show earlier. Earlier episode, he talked about food. Yeah, if uh, you haven't passed out with like anticipation already, yeah, yeah, then the two of them are having brought before them. Children with real court cases that they have against each other. Children it's, with real court cases. Yes, like and for example, two, I'm going to call the cops on you. Yeah, um. exactly. <laughs> two little girls uh, come before him uh, because they've gone out for breakfast together. One ordered pancakes, the other an omelet. Uh, the omelet girl had buyer's remorse and wanted to have some bites of the other girl's pancake. And her attitude was, "You get what you get, and you don't get upset." So she takes her to court for not sharing. Not sharing. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, lots of cute stories like, uh, you know, but yeah. they're real cases brought before sure. him and he judges and he asks a lot of probing questions. <laughs> that is the only um, Andy Kindler can. You know, the idea of Andy Kindler interacting at all with children makes me happy. Uh, just uh, kind of kind of bringing it out there. And you know, it's funny. I knew uh, just because I've known Andy for a long time. Yeah, I yeah. knew he was the right person to ask to do this because Andy Kindler is really kind of magical with children. You know, there are some people where you're like, 
I don't know about you. I think you'll be a little too mean or I think you'll be a little too sarcastic. He w- walks that line beautifully. That's so cool because he can't do it with adult stars. <laughs> with adult stars, he does not pull his punches at all. So with tiny children, he is a sweetheart is what you're telling me. Most of the time. And all even right. when he does punch a little, it's very funny and non-threatening. Excellent. Like the little girl who said, you get what you get and you don't get upset. He goes, where's the anger coming from? <laughs> you know, it's just very, very funny funny right you know, and she right. was kind of a little angry you know right, so right. he calls her on it and it's very funny and uh you know one little girl's driving her brother crazy with her drumming and he she brings out the drum and you know starts drumming away and it's not too great and mm-hmm. he very in his very andy way lets her know maybe get some drum lessons maybe, <laughs> maybe get some of those going and you wouldn't <laughs> brother wouldn't have so many complaints right oh uh, my gosh yeah. that's oh that sounds like a really fun show and is it going to be on the nerdist youtube channel it's going to be on the nerdist youtube channel and starting in december i'm not sure of the exact date but be looking for it around december all right so that's only in a couple of months uh that sounds hilarious if was and the shoots were so much fun. Oh my gosh! How many episodes do you guys have done already? We have four right now, Good. and hopefully, it will be very wildly successful, and we'll have more. And more will be provided. Mm-hmm. Excellent! It's uh, super fun. So you're uh, at Jane Edith Wilson. Jane on, Edith Wilson on Twitter. On yes. Twitter, and mm-hmm. then there's a, a Janine Facebook page, a, a Kids Court. Mm-hmm. Kids, Kids Court, Court TV, TV uh, Facebook page, and then you probably have a Jane Edith Wilson fan page on fa- Facebook, or of course yet. I don't. I'm, what, I, what's be, happened? If you, I, I'll be linking your IMDb page, and uh, <laughs> uh, you're my fanciest uh, uh, actress uh, friend, by the way. <laughs> the fanciest actress friend. You're the one that works <laughs> all kind, the time. It's kind of funny because, like. I'm in a school right now along with everything else. I'm getting that's my, right. That's right. Getting my master's degree and I am getting my master's degree in drug and alcohol counseling. And you are for it. Yes. I'm very okay. much for it. And I'm also the reason I decided to pursue my master's rather than just my certification is because I'm really becoming obsessed with public policy around recovery, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. our prison system and stuff like that. And, um, so that's why I'm going directly with mothers against dr- drunk driving. Are you <laughs> yes. not as much, not as much, <laughs> but, um, uh, 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 what was I going to say? I'm so sorry. Oh, God, I don't you... like... Now I, I can't did... remember what I was going to say. Oh, no, cause you're, oh, I know um, what it is. It's sometimes, in, sometimes in the rehab where I'm interning right now, people will be like, I feel like I know you. And of course my thing is, Oh, you must, we must've been in a meeting together or something to do with recovery and everything like that. And then this guy literally right before I came over here, who's been coming and doing 12 step work with some of the people in the recovery Mm -hmm. grabbed both my arms and was like, Oh my God, jumping up and down. You were on significant others. Oh my God. my favorite show. (laughs) You know, and it's so funny how like my life, I feel like my life can be very divided and fragmented and I don't think they cross over at all. Like I just think, you know, just no. because you hid in plain sight as Janine Jane, right? You look like yourself now. You don't look like um, in disguise. People right. are going to recognize you know. And I'm, I'm a very work, you know, character actress, who I always have to tell people what I did. I'm never like you know, like somebody like Patton, where he's a huge celebrity, or you know, went my friend Wendy McClendon Covey. I mean, they're just a celebrity. Okay. I'm a character actress who gets. Mm-hmm. hired mm-hmm. on the, you know, so it's very unusual for me when that happens. Right. Know? It's neat though. Right. And um, it's neat, but it was, it was definitely, it's worlds colliding. Worlds <laughs> colliding. Yes. And <laughs> so, yeah, you're, um, so the, the drug and rehab thing that is, um, so what kind of classes do you have? Where, where are you going to school? Where'd you, where are you getting your master's? I started off at Pierce college and it's like everything I ever do. I, I, I always start off like thinking, oh, I'll just do this little thing. And then it just balloons out of control. <laughs> and, uh, 
fine. So I started off. Take two months. Yes. I'll be right back with a master's. My PhD by January. Yes. Well, it's, it's interesting because I could get my certification right now. And, um, you know, as I finish up my internship, I could just go take the test and do that and continue to get my hours and become a CDW or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I had a professor sort of have an intervention with me and say, you know, you have a real passion for this. Yeah. I'm in recovery for a long time. You have a real passion for this. And, uh, and you not just do it right. Not just for the recovery side of things, but for, because my passion is to work in prisons Mm -hmm. because I think right now they are just like revolving doors for addicts. Yeah. I'm against prisons. You are good. Mm -hmm. Good. I'm I'm for recovery against prisons. Taking a stand. What a good place to put somebody who's a drug addict prison. (laughs) That'll really fill them with experience, strength and hope. But, um, (laughs) so, (laughs) So, but you know, the prison industrial complex is extremely well funded and doing extraordinarily well in this state. It's one of my only disappointments with this governor. I like a lot of things he's doing, but that is a big disappointment to me. And, um, I just feel like there should be more recovery in prisons and more people going to recovery instead of prison. Mm -hmm. And he said, so this professor took me aside and said, you know, you have a, an, an interesting voice and, a fun voice to listen to on this. Yeah. And if you want to be in public policy, get those letters after your name or nobody will take you seriously. Okay. And I'm like, Hmm. So I'm turning 50 this year and old, old Happy lady, Wilson, birthday. old lady Wilson with her walker. Middle ages. How many people do we know that are a hundred? A million. Exactly. <laughs> right. And you know, my grandmother is actually 103. Right. So I'm like, Hey, maybe I'll have 50 years of doing this. Right. Of and me, so. you know what? If you don't do it, you're going to be 53 and not, uh, not have done it. So you might as well be 53 and have done it and have the letters. Exactly. Yeah. So And make it effect a change rather than being like, oh, that's that woman who has her certification, to, you know, right, which right. nobody would do, listen to. Yes. So. so I think, yeah. So that's neat. Excellent. So um, so you still went, you're going to Pierce for your master's or? Uh, no, I, that is only that's community a college. Co- it's a college. Okay. So I am transferring um, to pro- most likely to Antioch. Um, I'm in the middle of making my final decision, but that's at the top. That's the one I'm sort of the most uh, crazy about. It's a full about. university. With it's a full answer. university full of hippies, just like I like it. Excellent. That's where you want them. <laughs> you want to talk to some people who are wearing a hemp shirt. That's going to be great. Okay. Sitting, sitting in, you know, five of us in a room with our desks all facing each other <laughs> with our hemp, with our hemp shirts on. That's exactly. all. It's the only place I ever that's wanted to be. Like. <laughs> so uh, are you working on any current crafts? What are your current crafting projects? Um, you know, until right now, uh, I'm j- mostly just working on knitting because. And what are you knitting? Rectangles? I'm, I'm knitting to make things? holiday presents for people. Okay. And I'm not making rectangles. I'm making like uh, tunics and shawls for people. Okay. And um, right now, is, yes. And right now, well, it's just like. I finally, the other thing that I've sort of faced, you know, in the last few years, which I was in denial about is getting older. And, um, <laughs> and. Cause it goes away if you, <laughs> if you just deny it. <laughs> As my low back twinges. <laughs> it's like, and, and I have done some very good spiritual work on myself in the last couple of years of taking a step back and not trying to be all things to all people all the time. Mm-hmm. And the thing that gives me more joy in my life than anything is just being with my husband and son. Mm-hmm. So right now I'm just being talk about the total dork of uh mommy dumb. And I'm, you know, it's funny because there's now, I, there's this new movement on of like, you know, 
you know, screw you talking about how motherhood is so satisfying. You know, I don't know. Like I've, I, it feels like every time I turn a corner, there's like a new book or essay or somebody like saying attacking motherhood. Well, just saying you shouldn't, you shouldn't be like the greatest thing you ever did. Cause like screw you, you, you completely unempowered. Oh, you, know you know what? I know what you're talking. It's like, uh, I forget who did it. It's because uh, for a million years, I think, because there was all these people going saying it was the only, it's the only thing. Mm-hmm. It's the only thing. It's the only thing, which is just as irritating as saying, I agree. I don't need to do that. You know, I mean, calm down. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it if it happens, you're going to love your children. It turns out a great deal. Yeah. And if it doesn't happen, you're going to love your free time a great deal. Yeah. So who gives a shit? It's very funny. Like that's, that's always been my opinion of like, have a kid, don't have a kid. I don't judge you if you don't. And I hope you don't judge me if like, I'm a total nerd for being a mom, but I am a total nerd for being a mom. Right. And it's like, you know, and there are times where. Do you know who the only person who might be sad about you being a total nerd for being a mom in the moment? Young Preston. Who's like, mom, seriously. <laughs> get off my back. Get off my. <laughs> but you want to know something funny. Like if he's going through any kind of. Sadness, nine times out of 10, if I say to him, what, you know, let's have a conference, let's have a family gathering and discuss what is, you know, making us all sad. And he, he will say that he would like more of our time and attention. All there's always, it's always, it's never get off my back. And I'm, I'm right. ready for, he's for 11, teen, right? The team, those days come. are coming. Right. Where he will want us to go away. So the fact that he still wants us very close and doing more family things, yeah. you know, he, it, it, and it's more like he just wants to do special things like travel together. And yeah. so I'm trying to gear my life a little bit t- more towards that. And I think, yeah, yeah I have a, my friend Joanne writes a, a blog and she wrote this one the other day about, um, she's like, you know, you can, you're told not to judge other parents until all of a sudden you're judging other parents because Oh my God, do some parenting. You're killing me over here. I know he doesn't want to hang out with you. She's, she has daughters. She has three daughters. And she's like, he's 15. He seriously hasn't bathed in two days. And he's 15. Axe will not fix this. And, uh, and she's like, and I, you know, I know he doesn't want to hang out with you. You have to force him to hang out with you. Those are, these are the years. When his synapses are misfiring and he's a pain in the ass, he shouldn't be allowed to just hang out with anyone. You should make him hang out with you, which will be a pain in both of your asses. And, yeah. uh, and it's so, yeah. It is, it is interesting when you're on Facebook, the amount of, um, self deprecation in parenting aligned with the amount of judging of other people's parenting. That's always this balance. And sometimes when you're going down the thread, because I am friends with so many moms, yeah, it'll be like the two and dotted with somebody who really thinks it's stupid to be really into parenting going, <laughs> fuck you and your kids. You know what I mean? Like that. It's kind of funny. Like they're, you know, like all three are represented. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> You're like, well, whatever. He'll grow up. They're resilient. They bounce. Right. I didn't have any parenting. And you're like, no, you didn't notice the parenting. Even if it was shitty parenting, they were, there was parenting. Well, it's interesting. Um, uh, what I'm, what I'm learning just from being in school in a very profound way is how no matter what way you were parented, even it, if it was the complete absence of a parent, like there's so many people who were raised without a, you know, one parent or two parents in the picture. Right. And that needs to be processed as well as any kind of abusive parent or right. overly protective parent. And it's, it's something that I had always kind of taken for granted. Like, Oh, well, you know, you didn't have that person there. Maybe they weren't on your back and you, you know, it was better for you. But no, there's like a grief that goes on with that. Yeah. It's really yeah. Interesting. Oh, I bet. I yeah. bet there's all kinds of, I mean, 
It doesn't, I mean, people that I, I, there's a whole new batch of young comics coming up, right? Mm -hmm. And they all come from two, two parent families. They're either the only kid or they have one sibling and, uh, they were beloved. Uh, (laughs) there was limited to clothing and baby gap. They had full dental care. I don't want to talk to any of them. I'm just joking. (laughs) Well, the thing is, is you just, you look at them and your, my knee jerk reaction is, of course, what are you going to talk about? That sounds beautiful. That sounds like you had a really, Lovely childhood. In other news, uh, why don't you go buy an island? And I'm sure your parents will underwrite it. And, uh, but, they're, but, they're, but what I also think is that because of the overdiagnosing of, of Ritalin and stuff when they're kids, and then they become 18, 19-year-old uh, college kids, they start drinking and doing drugs uh, more often, uh, maybe earlier and whatever, uh, and that cocktail – uh, drives them mad. Mm-hmm. And from that madness comes comedy. And that, there's some really funny stuff happening there. And you're like, wow, I can't wait till you get your life back together. But boy, you got some funny stuff coming up, right? Jackass alert. But I mean, yeah. it's like, you know what? I mean, it's so funny. It's like every generation is always going to look at the generations behind them and be like, you're so good. You don't know. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> and, and it's kind of funny too, sometimes too. And I, like, I used to really resent sometimes was like, I worked really hard, really hard to be this kind of joyful. <laughs> and you know what I mean? It's yeah. just because I'm like making a cognitive decision every day. I mean, I'm my crabby days or my frazzle days or whatever, right. you know, don't assume, you know what I mean? Like I will, th- their name shall, I will, I will not say their name, but like a very famous, like sort of disgruntled comedy boy in my face when I was first in the scene, just like, you know, Oh, hello, little Mary Sunshine and kind of making fun of me and everything like that. I'm like, you know, you need to see the notes of my therapist. What do you need? <laughs> what do you need to, for me to be valid in this? This scene? is work. Yeah. Here, look at this face. You <laughs> this, see this face? This, this is a like cognitive decision to be this pleasant <laughs> and you're wrecking it with your <laughs> anger. Please you do know? not, re- do not remove the curtain. Do not go behind the curtain. You will not enjoy what is behind the curtain young man oh my god and uh i want that to be bill hicks uh, (laughs) no it was no it was not he's dead in other news uh it has been an hour janie wilson and you are fantastic this has been we've learned we've learned so much and people should definitely follow you on twitter at janie wilson they should uh go to the facebook for janine and des moines janinemovie.com JanineMovie.com and at Court TV. I'm very much looking forward to that on the Nerdist channel on YouTube. And uh, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Rangers, take care of each other out there. Bye. Well, that show was awesome. Let's do the credits. Patrick Brady, he fixes the audio every week. He also does the teaser videos on YouTube. So Patrick Brady is an awesome guy, and I thank him for his work. Mike Rickberg sang the song you heard at the beginning, composed and sang it with his girlfriend, Sarah. He's going to sing in about a heartbeat for uh, the Mexican hat dance. And Vilmos fixes my website, JackieCation.com. So support him and his work. Thanks a lot, you guys. Take care out there. Bye. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. (laughs) My hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh my god. We, why don't we just call that as the end of the show?